hay or straw, and each one's work will become clear, for the day will declare it, the day of judgment, because it will be revealed by fire. If anyone's work which he has built on endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved. Yet so as through fire, our salvation, our justification, our entry into heaven is solely by works, in the, solely by faith, trusting in the finished work of Christ. Our sanctification is our works combined with the grace of God, God changing us so that we can respond to him. And then his grace operates in our actions. And then we receive rewards in heaven for that. If we build what is good, we will bring dignity to the name of Christ. There is a credit to his name. And indeed, Wayne Alderson was awarded the Purple Heart, the Bronze Star, the Silver Star on the battlefield. And he won great respect in the corporate world for his philosophy of love, dignity, and respect. So I call you that you would seek out a, a mutuality in the workplace and that you would seek to do good as you know you will receive it from God, either in this life or at the last day. And then in verse 9, you masters... Do the same things to them, giving up threatening, knowing that your own master also is in heaven, and there is no partiality with him. Alderson stated the unwritten rule of management in his day was to have nothing to do with labor, to manipulate them, to use them. He said that their attitude was threatening. And here, the masters are told not to threaten. So often, the two sides in the workplace look at each other as the enemies rather than having a common goal. And that common goal is to treat people with dignity and to produce the product in a quality way where hatred is not taken out on the product. In this mill, the mill at Pitron, it was talked about how before Alderson came on board, they didn't care about the quality of the product that came out because they felt mistreatment. In fact, if we treat one another with respect, if we come with this attitude, even in the church, we are those who will go for the common goal of the glory of God through the sharing of his gospel in our community, and around the world. And so it says here in verse 9, do the same things to them. Do good for your employees. Treat them with respect. Do good seeking buy-in from the employees. Do good rather than threatening. I was personally so blessed when I was in my first full-time job for four and a half years as a high school teacher of chemistry and physics and Bible, that my boss didn't threaten even though I was not doing a good job. I had never studied education courses in college, but he pulled me aside and he said to me, we need to work with you. We need to get you a peer teacher who is roughly my age, who would come alongside of me on 
a daily, almost a weekly basis to talk about how it was going. He brought me a senior uh, lesson plan review senior master who was retired but who knew all about lesson plans and he examined them and helped me manage them and develop them much better. And he himself is the dean of faculty, came into the classroom and he gave me specific feedback, the pluses and the minuses of how I had been doing. And at the end of that process, he said, Ned, I think we have a success here. We have an intervention where you have developed into a teacher, not only a teacher, but as they called them at that prep school, a, a master, a master who knows how to get his subject across. I want to encourage you to treat people not with threatenings, but with encouragement and specific action plans for improvement. And consider this, that this is your responsibility as a supervisor because your master is in heaven. He's watching you and how you are a master to others. And there's no partiality with him. He's not going to favor you just because you've got the authoritative role now and somebody else is following your direction. No partiality with him. And we see that in Jesus Christ, our Savior. You see, God did not show partiality to his son, Jesus, the eternal son of God, even though throughout eternity he had loved him. And the son of God did not claim immunity from sacrifice, even though he was equal with the Father and the Holy Spirit. Instead, we learn in the gospel, in the book of Philippians, that Jesus Christ did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but instead he emptied himself. You see, grasping your equality with God would say, oh, I'm above that. I'm above the sacrifice of going to earth to be incarnate in the flesh. You've got to show me partiality, God. I'm equal with you. And Father, don't, don't plan on sending me down there. Uh, just let him be destroyed. But Jesus was not shown partiality by the Father. And nor did he show partiality to himself, hanging on to his position in heaven. Instead, taking the very nature of a servant and being found in appearance as man, he humbled himself being made in human likeness and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Do you believe that message today for your salvation? Do you believe that he died at the cross for sinners like you and me? Have you trusted him personally for your salvation? This is the call of the gospel today that you would believe that this one who was humbled at the cross was then exalted at the highest place so that everybody, those on the earth, those above the earth and under the earth, would proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord to the glory of God the Father. I call you today to this salvation. Otherwise, all this work stuff is going to sort of, it won't really work. You're going to end up going into the workplace selfish again. You need to be saved. You need Jesus in your heart. 
I call you to trust in him today. And then I call you to go out and serve like he served. Two of the commentators, which I read on this, Bart and Hendrickson, they both drove home this parallel from this Philippians passage. They said, this is tough. Yeah, it is tough. But it's following Jesus. He didn't claim his privilege up in heaven. He did not count equality with God something to be grasped. He made himself nothing, taking the very form of a servant. And isn't that what we're talking about today? We're talking about serving, serving in the workplace, serving in the home, serving in the church. I encourage you to serve in this church. Find a way to serve and be part of this community of faith. I encourage you to be part of this community. God rewarded Jesus. He exalted him to the highest place. And dear believer, you too will have a wonderful destiny in heaven. And what will be remembered primarily is Jesus at the cross and the empty tomb from which he came. But there will be a last judgment. You know, I had a man at a church in Clifton leave the church because he didn't like that. He didn't like the fact that Jesus Christ was going to come to judge the living and the dead. He entirely rejected the whole idea that we live our life in the presence of God. He entirely rejected the idea of a judgment according to works for rewards. And he left the church. And I just say to you, don't ignore the significance of your everyday life. It matters. And you are helping the gospel go forward. You are being a light of Christ. And in the very duties of your job, you are bringing glory to God. So serve him. And as you serve in your job as unto the Lord, you will find yourself blessed by the Lord as you are a blessing to others. Let us pray. Oh, Lord of God, thank you for Jesus. And he served. And he served in our place in a way we never could to pay the penalty of our sin at the cross of Calvary. He, the eternal one, did not count equality with God something to be grasped. So, Lord, let us not grasp on to our pride. Let us never grasp on to our feeling we got our act together. Let us never grasp on to the status quo that, yeah, I'm getting along. Oh, Lord, let us empty ourselves of pride. Come humbly to the cross and there be saved of our sin. Lord, as we get up from the cross, let us depart to serve. Let us follow the servant heart of Christ in our workplace, whatever role we have, and in our homes, in our communities, and in our church family. Oh, Lord, thank you for the example of great men of God like Wayne Alderson. Help us to, to follow their example, to value people, to love them, to respect them to treat them with dignity. Oh, Lord, bless us this day. We pray, and we pray for the church family. We pray for Clint West as he is ill this morning. We pray, oh, God, that you would bless Amanda Piercy as she was struck by a car. Thank you that she and Brother Tim Browning can be here today. 
and help them both to get stronger day by day. We pray for Ann Havens and the floaters in her eye. We pray that she will have wisdom in their treatment and also wisdom about the treatment of her back and related symptoms in her legs. Protect her from harassment in her, in her neighborhood. We pray for Krista Clements and her friend Aaron has RSV and bless this mother. May, may, may this family find relief. We pray for Joan Langdon. We pray, oh God, thanking you for uh, Joan, the sister of uh, Mrs. DeYoung, thanking you that she is in remission, doing so much better. We give you the praise and the glory. We pray, oh God, for Seamus Brophy. We thank you that Tiernan Keene is doing so much better health-wise. We pray for the healing of Mary Beth Keene's eye. We pray for Ben Smith as he returns home. Help him as he had uh, concerns of health, including his uh, blood levels and clots. And we pray that he will be well. We praise God for the co-op that's going to be able to serve here. And we pray for Jen as she is looking into a one-day full-time sub-job. Help her in that and with the child care matter. We pray, oh God, that you will help Jed in his dizziness, his stomach pain, and bless the girls that they would be relieved of their coughs. We intercede, Lord, for the annual meeting and pray that you will guide the congregation as they make decisions about a deacon candidates and about a budget and hear reports from the various ministries. We pray, oh God, for the Freed Grace Presbyterian Church in Lewiston, its office manager, its pastors, and we pray that they will shine in an ongoing basis to bring hope to that community as there were murders there. We thank you that the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. Oh Lord, we pray, O oh God, that you will uh, bless Levi and Michael, Lila, Caden, Liliana, Nick, Wesley, Chevroline, Kente, Cornelius, Lemuel, Bethany, Sam and Levi, Tiernan and Avery. And uh, we pray for our guests here this morning. Thank you for bringing them. And we pray, Lord, that your gospel would go forward in this community. We pray for Israel, that you'll protect it from terrorism. And we ask, oh God, that you'll bless Ukraine, that you will help them to defend their sovereign territory. We ask, oh God, your help for our president, for all candidates for high office, for the election this Tuesday, that we would go out and vote our conscience and help us, oh Lord, uh, as a nation to remain a democratic republic. Bless our soldiers and airmen and sailors as they uh, serve overseas and here and bring them back safely, we pray. We pray, oh God, for Gary Waldecker and Bill Shishko, missionaries, and we pray the church planting and the translation work would go well. We pray all these things in Jesus' name.